0: You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network studios, here's Mike.
1: Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez. And before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Yes, we have guys here today. The guys. Over here on my right, we've got the one and only Bobby Osinski. Hey, Mike. Hi, everybody. And next to him, we've got Mr. Scott Gershon. (laughs) Hey, Mike. And next to Scott, we've got uh, Mr. Nick Peck.
2: Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. It's so great to see you again. I was just winding up that blast I guess of energy. Oh, so, man. Wow.
1: <laughs> and finally, over here on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast who's never missed a show in 186 shows, Ooh. Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everyone. Rob, it's good to see you. Like am I here in you. person? That's right, here in person. Excellent, and not uh, not a screen. So is not just a hologram, right? That's here? right. Wow. And uh, finally, we are honored to have with us on the podcast today the man who has the best audio website from an engineer I've ever seen, uh, the one and only Mister Barry Rudolph. Barry, thanks for having Woo-hoo. me, Mike. Woo-hoo. Hello, everybody. Um, Barry has the most phenomenal website I mean it has everything from templates to to gear reviews to all kinds of stuff I mean you could spend a day on his website it's it's amazing the amount of information um, we're going to link to it, but it really is when when i when I went to go you know, do some research on Barry. It was, I was just blown away by how much is on your website. Stuff. Lots of stuff. (laughs) It's so good. It's a lot of, it's really good. I mean, tutorials and all kinds of stuff. So um, we're going to visit with him on the, uh, on the second half. It's going to be all Barry all the time. So uh, Barry, get ready. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Miss Blish. She said to say hello to everybody. She's working and she was all nervous about missing a podcast. And I'm like, look you're not really part of the team until you miss a podcast.
2: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> that just means you're out there working. Does so, that mean that Rob's not part of the team? No, no. There? Rob Rob has the one exception. He has to be here at every podcast. At
3: this point, it's just a
1: rule. It's, an unwritten rule. Yeah, it's just an <laughs> unwritten rule. I mean, that's why we're recording on a Wednesday, because he was flying in yesterday. I flew in all last night to be here. <laughs> Didn't want to miss um, it. But anyway, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, one thing I want to talk about, though... Just right off the, the, uh, the top, I want to introduce somebody really quick. Um, we've got Marshall Moore, who's, uh, who's my intern. Marshall, why don't you come up here really Marshall. quick and, 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 hey. Hey. Howdy. And, and borrow the uh, – yeah, use, use Nick's microphone. What's popping? <laughs> so Marshall's here. I invited him. But Marshall, how would you describe your day today, Marshall? Um. Well, to use your own words, uh, it was a day in which stupidity won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I didn't mean it quite that harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say that to me specifically, but in, in a broader global sense, you said stupidity won, and it, you know it applied. <laughs> uh, Marshall, let's just say he had a day full of learning experiences. Oh, that's learning. good. Um, that's good. It's the uh, it's the well. What's my number one? Did I tell you about About audio and working on the job Drink water every day <laughs> <laughs> About the little things
2: Oh yeah the little things are the things that
1: will mess you up the most yeah and so Marsha had a day Of a couple little things that kind of Messed us up <laughs> But I wanted to to actually mention on the podcast, because two things. Number one, we have a lot of students out there that listen, and it just was really a good day to remind you that, look, you're going to make the mistakes out there, and it's never the big mistakes that bite you. It's the tiny little ones that that bite you. Like, For us, it was five frames of a two pop Mm -hmm. (laughs) that should have landed on the 58 and it actually landed on the 5805 Mm. and um I don't know it's always these small little things that um I mean, does anybody have any stories of a small little thing that ended up coming back to, to bite them? And, and You mean
3: like setting up a meeting with a Russian lawyer? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: really little, good. Little things? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I have a, a ton of stories about one time um, not remembering to change my system from Pile back to ntsc that's a good one that was horrific you know but um and then you have little sync issues of like five frames or six frames biting you but it's right it's always the small things the little things that kind of come back and haunt you um but the amazing thing about it is it's not so much having the mistake it's how you recover sure and that's, that's the key. You got to figure Large out quantities of alcohol. Um. <laughs> well, so, but I wanted to bring this up because it's like, look, you, you should always own your mistakes. Right. And ultimately I own the mistake because, um, I should have double checked, you know, some of the stuff that happened, but it wasn't so much that there was the mistake made because, you know, um, it's, it's a learning experience, but it's how you recover and how you recover and not let the powers that be know that it. It was your mistake. (laughs) That's where the social engineering kind of comes into play.
3: You know, I will say we used to have issues with one particular client, and it always had to do with two pops. And they would send two pops that were like five frames long. So we used to call it a two smear because it went (laughs) on for five frames, and you weren't sure, like, do I use the beginning of it? Do I use the end of it? What does it sync up to? Well, you ended up eyeballing it afterwards because it was basically nothing you could rely on. Wow. Yeah. (laughs)
4: A big client, too. Here's a open. small thing that would screw you up. Everyone forgets there's a delay on your TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they don't do the video delay offset, and they go... All right. And they deliver it, and they go... That's a good why one. Why is it off? That is a good one. That happens. And, and and I had it when we moved into a... I was doing this big commercial for... Uh, oh, God. It was, it was a big commercial thing with Star Trek involved and all this. And I did it, and... And they liked it. The session went smooth. I went, it's easy. Then I get the call. Hey, stuff's out of sync. And I'm like, what? Put up the session. No, it's totally in sync. It's out of sync. Let me look into it. Couldn't figure it out. Like, what, what? Then I went, did we ever, like, QC the room? Oh, yeah, we never got to that. Seriously? So yeah, zero video delays and when it went in, how
1: many frames off were you? Like four frames? Something of that. Oh, yeah. It's,
4: yeah, it's usually, you know, how many quarter frames? Exactly. Yeah.
1: No, that's a that's a huge one. That that one I've seen that more than once. And, and well, we can talk about that later for VR. But that's a big
4: deal now with certain players yeah. that you're in sync, and then you find out the player is not in sync. Uh. I'd
1: say, sync is kind of like sink. optional these days. Sync and, and those small, it's those small little things, but it's also how you recover. Like, we had to like. It was the intern's fault? well I, I'm, no I'm, oh. not, I'm, not, I'm not did I do that Marshall I did, I did not throw you under the bus at all no
2: but it essentially was yes
1: <laughs> it was his fault but I did not throw Mar- Marshall under right the bus right up until now
2: <laughs>
1: no no but the, the, the key
2: is Marshall how, is a high quality person
1: oh he is he, he rocks that's but the then, then the clients can, go so interns work on my, show, on my project <laughs> no <laughs> so you can't you can't let them that, that's another thing yeah yeah you yeah. have to hide that whole thing but um, but it's how you recover though and it's and it's like so to you know to like the internal client you can fess up, but you don't want to fess up to the client client you don't want to f- I mean it's weird like when you make a mistake, like the recovery process is so important. It's like you got a social engineer. How you recover. And fortunately for this one, this one wasn't that bad because it was actually, we just, um, yeah, we just need a little bit more time to tweak things. And that's basically what we did, mm-hmm. which was redo the whole thing. <laughs> I, I had a r- real bad one back in the tape days
5: where I was doing a scope commercial and I was editing and they asked to, for me to take a breath out. And I took the breath out and then I lost the tape, the, the little piece of tape didn't think too much about it. It just went in the floor. And then they said, uh, sounded better with it in. Can you put it back? And I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh. And I looked all over the place and I couldn't find it. And it was on the floor and I couldn't find it. And here it flipped behind the machine. It was oh, going, oh, man. oh man. And there's no undo button for that. There's no undo. <laughs> wait, but
1: control I, C. <laughs> yeah.
5: But what I did is I said, oh, wait, I have a problem with this machine. I <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. Yes. Wait, wait, this machine yes. Is, just isn't working right.
1: I found peace. piece. Oh, yeah. well, you did find it. That's, I did find you know it. So you that's, were able to- that's a good one. W- Restarts are the best things in the world because it's like, oh, I got to restart. Because yeah. that'll just yeah. that'll just give you time to like, okay, I got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me restart. But sometimes
4: you got to come clean. I mean, I... I oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I was doing one movie and it's, it's, you know, everyone has the dream of, you know, you wake up and you find out you're naked in front of everybody. Or... You have the dream in editorial where somebody says, oh, let's put the reel up. And you went, oh, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, wait, wait, wait. So I had this situation where the, the director goes, so you got my notes? I said, yep. He goes, did you do them? I said, yep. Okay, great. And, and, and you know, it was, a, it was an interesting group of people. So we hit play and it was on the dialogue and he goes, well, wait a minute, um, you, you didn't get that cue. I went, what? You didn't get the cue. I went, oh, okay. All right, fine. Okay, let's keep moving on. I don't know. 10 seconds later, missed that cue too. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, so literally we go through the first 10 minutes and we're missing 10 cues. Wow. And I'm sitting there like, so I go, Scott. I said, you know what? I went to the woman who was sitting next to me who had done real two. I said, did you do the cues in real two? He just said, yeah. I said, we're going up with real two. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah, yeah. laughs> and, then, and then, so then the director comes up and then finally I said, look, you got to give me a second. So I make a call to the dialogue editor and I said, Hey, did you do the cues I asked you to do? You said yes. He went, Oh, I didn't quite understand them. I said, <sighs> and you didn't <laughs> call me. And he goes, no. So you didn't do them. No. <laughs> I went, Okay. So then, finally, the producer and the director take me to the back, and they said, what's up? And I said, for all that you care, I fucked up. And they said, did you do the work? I said, nope, but it doesn't matter. I'm the suit. I'm your guy. It didn't get done. It's on me. And I'm not going to—there's no other thing you need to know. So they said, okay. We said you went up with Real two. I said, yep, roll one will be done. We'll go back to row two. We only missed about 15, 20 minutes of the mix. And I said, yeah. And I thought they were going to rip me a new one. So they go, who's the dialogue guy? I said, it's not my guy. I had to work with, part of the deal was working with another team. And he goes, would your team have done it? I said, nope. But that's not important. He goes, you know what? Hire whoever you want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now whatever that, that deal was is off the table. Hire whoever you want. Wow! And it, but at that time, I you gotta own it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that's a big thing.
1: You know, that's so true. And that's it, it's it's like and the how, clients respect you though, right? And it's how you recover. Like if if you're in a situation where you have to own it, um, I'll I'll give you a good example. Um, if a delivery makes it out to a client and you know something's wrong, you know that will hurt that client whether it's out of spec or something yeah you, you gotta own it you gotta yeah you gotta tell him you gotta say hey like we we need to redeliver because of blah you know but if you pay attention to the small things and <laughs> it's always a small thing <laughs> hopefully yeah. that'll never happen to you but sometimes you know you just can't avoid it um i came into a situation where i uh, i outputted files and i did everything everything was to spec and all of a sudden i get a phone call um everything's <laughs> super low and it's like it's not my stuff because i tend to mix hot anyhow you know i'm always pushing the boundaries and they're like yeah it's everything super low super low super low and so i go in i look at my session it's all the right levels i bring in the stuff that i posted it's all the right levels then i bring in the audio from the final QuickTime, and the levels are really low and it's like obviously something happened on the output that affected the levels but see that's a situation where it's not even in my control but yet you know it all comes back so you know it's how you recover from all these and you know so you offer the output again and they they fix the problem on their end but it's all in the recovery right (laughs) yeah it's all in the recovery it's and and you just have to really social engineer that anyhow i just thought that was uh a good little life lesson, right? It was a good one. It was a good one.
6: <laughs> there are times, There are times. I mean, not to beat this to death, but when I was starting out, uh, you work with everybody. And I got a, uh, was it Larrabee? And I got a girl, uh, not a in the business at all, just had money, wanted to do a song demo. And she got out on the mic and she had a backing track and paid musicians and put up the mic and she started singing and it was like, Oh my God. It was like not even in the close to the same key. It was just <laughs> terrible. And she had a vocal quality, you know, frankly would open a safe.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: so I've really felt bad because this is only the first 10 minutes that I'm discovering this. And so uh, I didn't want to say, you know that's not very good, do it again. I so I made up excuses.
4: yeah <laughs> And so
6: one of the excuses was you know I didn't I didn't get the compressor quite. Correct. Can we try it one more? Oh, sure. I'll sing it again. And so I kept making excuses like that, kind of like that. Anyway, turns out she got all done and she left and her her husband was a lawyer and he ended up suing the studio for uh, representing malfunctioning gear. So, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So here I am wow. trying, to, trying to help her because I felt really bad. I mean – uh, and uh, <laughs> wow. wow! No good deed goes unpunished. Right. So, th-
1: so Marshall, the lesson—the lesson there is: if it sounds bad, let them know it.
3: <laughs> well, I've, no, I've actually kidding. used lines when working with singers like that. I've used lines like, "Wow, I can't
4: imagine we're going to get one better than that."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> uh, no. and, and Which part, is true.
4: And the other parts you need for young person: sleep. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds weird. But when you're young, you tend to go, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And next thing you know, you're not sleeping. Yeah. I, w- I, when I was at Cherokee, I did a thing with Los Lobos and it, I don't know. We were, I don't know how many hours we were working. We were just, the question is how, when wasn't we working? When were we working? So, um, anyway, we're, we're doing the two track masters. I spliced it in and they said, okay, I did that slow, you know, reel off. And I realized I used two, three quarter filled reels. So I start doing the thing, a uh, studio or, or whatever. And I just do. Out of so shame. they look at us, so I go, okay, great. And then I turn around, Zack, and yak, yak, yak. And someone goes, my God, the tape had gone outside the flange. Yeah. <laughs> because it was two, three quarter full. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just went, they would stop. And it was like, don't breathe. <laughs> so hand wiped. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Don't And you were like, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't even know who my name is. I'm just so exhausted. <laughs>
1: oh anyway wow that's a that's a whole lot of nightmares that we're revisiting there but uh uh nothing's worse than a mistake that happens to you and it's not even your fault like i had a really good friend of mine who um at that time was my assist and put my bay in pal um and i recorded all this voiceover and then when we had to fly it into the uh to the regular session, it was just a nightmare. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic, horrific nightmare. But well, wasn't there the urban legend, which I think was true, but was a Steely
4: Dan oh, with an assistant,
3: yeah, who, the, who
4: basically erased one of the twenty four tracks and like all gone. Was it twenty four?
6: For some reason, Steely Dan gets a lot of rumor. the The DBX one is the classic one where they had. Mixed the entire album through this newfangled noise reduction system made by DBX. It's an encode decode, mm-hmm. and something was wrong with the on the on the encode side. So something anyway. They did the whole record through this thing and uh, went to mastering. Of course, you just play it back through the decoder. It sounded like it sounded terrible. So they went back and they, they said, well, if you bring in your encode and your decode system, if it sounded good at where you were, bring it back to mastering and we should be fine. So they went to the studio, I forget which studio, and the tech goes, oh, no, I fixed that. That's not a problem. I fixed it. Oh. And Roger Nichols actually <laughs> took and breadboarded the whole thing and he was changing part values trying to duplicate uh, the problem. You can imagine that probably took a week wow. and trying to, trying to make it do what it did they ended up having to remix the record
1: oh wow that's horrible
6: that's the worst of the steely Dam. well
1: those are all life lessons marshall so just be glad it wasn't worse (laughs) (laughs) hey we're gonna move on um one thing i want to talk about is first of all um just to give you our uh, our monthly podcast report avid stock is at five dollars and 23 cents today and uh, where was it two weeks ago? I, I, it's been all over the map. Is that is that going down or up? It's uh, right now. That's actually going down from uh, earlier. Earlier, I think circling the drain is the
3: uh, <laughs> oh, appropriate.
1: But term. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to bring up Avid, and we all know you can listen to any podcast and and how I feel about Avid, and and is I think I think they have some serious competition now and this is from nab and i wanted to mention this on the last Ooh. podcast Ooh. Um, black magic design which makes da vinci um, software da vinci resolve if you don't know who, what da vinci is it's like the number one color corrector software and they recently um, in, put in an editor in there for picture um, and it's a really good really competent editor well now about last year they bought fairlight And they've now incorporated Fairlight into Resolve 14. And I downloaded the beta. And it's Fairlight. It's the actual program. And the thing about them is they give away their software. Um, They they have a version that's free. And then if you want to go up to the pro version, it used to be $1,000, which gets you 4K and a couple other things. Well, now the pro version is only $300. So now you've got a... Um, edit environment that has amazing collaborative, cal you know collaborative tools. You can, you can um, have chat. They have all kinds of things that are built in. It's it's really secure. They don't they don't rely on the internet for a lot of this stuff. Um, you can have a small facility, and now you've got Fairlight Audio, um, which is pretty amazing because Fairlight. You know, I don't know if you guys worked on Fairlight much. I actually. Came, the post house that I met right now used to have be a Fairlight system. there. Pro Tools, you know, incredibly fast, as I remember. Yeah, it really was fast. Fast. It did stuff that Pro Tools is only now doing, like real time fades. If you just bump up to um, regions, it, it was cross. much more
3: like the Wayframe stuff from yeah like a million years yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: it, it sounded good too. It had a re- it was really, really good sound. A lot of people. Went with the Fairlight as opposed to the early DigiDesign Design Pro Tools because of the sound. They, they The main issue though, it went, was
3: very, it was a very closed system. I right. right.
1: It was, it was very closed, and it was really expensive. It was not inexpensive. You know, it was really expensive. Well, now they have that software. It's built into Resolve 14, and it's open. You can use VST plugins. Plus, they're going to be, you know, bringing their own plugins. Um, if you're starting, what's off, the track out? Uh, well, you can. Do up to if you buy the accelerator card for like a thousand dollars, you can do a thousand tracks. You can play back a thousand tracks. You can do ninety-six record at the same time, you can do ninety-six record and one fifty playback at the same time. And this is all off their press conference. What's the resolution? Um That I don't know. I can't tell you. I mean I'm it PC. Fun. It's gonna be well, I'm running it on a Mac, I'm running it on my MacBook Pro. Um you can do sixty tracks on your MacBook Pro. Um the thing oh. about um what's really cool is it does 5.1 it does 7.1 it does 3D mixing already built in um, and it also does 22.2 uh, two. so it does all these you know all the multi two. yeah I don't know what that is but
4: okay. Atmos the, Atmos oh oh oh, oh speaker I was thinking sample rate I'm like so hmm.
1: so all, I, all I'm saying is this for free is incredible because Blackmagic makes their money obviously on their hardware side of things but it's it's a serious.
6: Now, do you have contender. to use their hardware?
1: Um, no, I'm running it on my laptop, and I'm not even using their hardware. I've never used it. I would buy their hardware though, but I don't have to. The accelerator card. Is I mean, for, for, for is multi-track,
6: if you wanted to output
1: a hundred tracks, I would I would assume you'd need to get their thousand dollar card. But and I went on B and H, and they have a Fairlight audio interface that they're going that says coming soon and it's priced at like 29.95 which is pretty reasonable especially
4: well, i think in post-production of the killer is that unless you're a closed system company you have to be able to take it and go different places with it right and they have to have be able to support it and that was the biggest problem when we had waveframes and and yep. pro tools and And then the the dubbing stages need to have a little bit of everything. But here's
1: what's gonna happen. And I'll tell you this. It's gonna, it's not gonna be from the top down. This change is gonna be from the bottom up. It's gonna be the small little post place. It's gonna be someone like me who, I can edit and I can do my own color correction, and I can do all my mixing. Oh, so pro tools, and, then if, was that? and then if I get if I get my uh if I want to get a little facility, then I get a facility I bring in another guy and and you, it's going to start from the ground up. But this is some serious competition because the whole, you know, let's face it, the younger generation isn't really flocking to pro tools anyhow because that's you know, you you see comments like oh that's the, you know, the old guys tool and stuff like that. So all I'm saying is for the longest time we've been looking for the pro tools killer you know not really actively except for me um but you see something like this with with black magic behind it uh, it's it's definitely going to put some heat on avid and and I'm I'm curious to see how they respond I I don't want them to go under obviously I you know avid and pro tools they're a big part but I do wish they would change a little bit of their business model and I do wish they would they would basically See what's happening over here, and kind of adapt. and And I want them both to go neck and neck. I don't want anybody to be a winner or loser. I want them both just to be feeding off the competition. But it's there, and it's it's happening. The guy I know, gaming and VR
4: Reaper, has taken yeah. on. Yeah, and now everyone's like, "Look, it already does 3D audio built in. It does this. It does right. this." And And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I haven't seen it a an avid killer, but I, I mean, what we definitely need is avid competition yeah because when avid thinks it doesn't have any competition why does it need to spend the money well in
2: post anyway yeah yeah, yeah.
4: What, what do you didn't you say you switched to cubase at disney i
2: did uh no not at disney so at uh it Di- well actually at disney yes i'm using cubase but uh we also have pro tools for everybody because you know old habits die hard and all the dialogue editors want to use pro tools which is fine i want them to use the thing that they're comfortable in because we have a lot of work to do all the time um I switched from Logic to Cubase, but then at home, at home, I just sold my Pro Tools rig. I finally sold it. It had been on Reverb.com for about three or four months, and I just sold it. Um, the only thing that I have left that's Avid is Sibelius, and it's not compatible with my current operating system. So, rather than getting involved in their subscription model, I'm going to do the uh, I'm going to do the cross grade to Steinberg Dorico, and then at that point, I will be completely out of, um, I'll be completely out of the Avid ecosystem all altogether. Um, I thought about it quite a bit. I'm using Cubase Pro for all the music stuff that I'm doing. And I think it's just fantastic. Logic is great. You know, it's a matter of what you like, but I chose to really get deeply involved in it. It's been very, very rewarding for me on the post side. I was convinced that I was going to switch over to Nuendo, because everything that I've seen inside of Nuendo is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. It's light years beyond. Um, but the cross-grade price is $1,300 if you, already have, if you already have Cubase. So I thought, well, maybe. And then I sat down and started working with Reaper. And uh, I started looking at all of the different videos. David Farmer has a bunch of videos yeah. on YouTube showing how to reconfigure Reaper. To behave exactly like Pro Tools, right? So you, all the same key commands and, you know, these are the things you need to do to be able to get the A key to, you know, cut off the stuff to the left. And, you know, so I did all of that, got it all together. And uh, I've, as of right now, although that may change after what you just said about this uh, incredible Fairlight thing, but as of right now at home, I'm doing all my music in Cubase and all my Post in Reaper. And it's been great. It's been really great.
1: I think the thing about DaVinci Resolve is the fact is if, if you know, a lot of young filmmakers are shooting and then they're editing and then they're going to be color correcting and they're going to be mixing. And even though, you know, you you truly... You know, there are definitely skill sets for, for all those. Um, when you're young and when you just have to be a one-man band or you don't have the budget, you know, to have all those pro tools. I mean, DaVinci, their color correction is is miles ahead of anything that's out there. And that's one thing that Avid doesn't have built into their editor. But I, I think Dolby needs to buy Avid. <laughs> Oh,
4: yeah. I, I think. Oh, yeah. I think. I think. So now they got Premiere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of guys that jump into the Premiere. No, oh, yeah. That would be. All of the that's, editors that's, that's I see is using that has been a rumor about
6: Adobe buying Avid for a long time. Oh, yeah. has it? Oh, yeah. Because I've
4: said it for years. Yeah. Because everyone said, oh, it's Apple. And I'm like, no. Adobe isn't post. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and they don't have a good audience. I'm solution. not
6: sure why it hasn't happened. I know that Avid just, uh, I was saying before the show, A Chinese company bought about 5% of Avid the other day. The name of the company is what's funny to me. It's called Jetson, Uh, uh, Chinese company.
4: I mean, it could be that, you know, sometimes when a company's flailing, you basically let it go as far as it can go down before it shuts off
1: or maybe shuts off for a couple of days. And then you buy pennies on the dollar. That that could be. I mean, I know for Adobe, like I canceled my subscription. I I, my, I had one more payment coming up because I was on the yearly plan, and I canceled it because once I got the the beta for Resolve, it's like you know what, I'm going. This is where I'm going. Is there a
5: video editor in Resolve? As yes,
1: possible? yes. There's a video editor, and it takes um, Open Effects plugins for the video side, wow. and the color correction is. I can't stress that enough. I mean, it started off as a color. Cracker. Well, Black Magic is yeah. a serious
5: company. No, they're and, great. And they've been eating other companies. Yes, you know, audio
1: and video. Yeah, their ultimate used to sell for twenty nine thousand dollars. They that they bought this company that made this really great gear, Um They slashed the price to ten grand. You yeah. know, and it's like they said they wanted to do that because they wanted to encourage more. You know. Instead of what would happen is you would have that on one camera when you're on set even though if you're shooting for a lot of different sets you'd, you'd only have it on one um, and they said you know what let's get it on more cameras out on, on the shoot and let people do some really great stuff and so sure enough when they chopped it down to, to 10 grand and now you can run it on three cameras at the same time you can do some really cool things but it's it's pretty amazing they're they're the real deal they're serious and they're 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 growing their cameras are great you see a lot of really good stuff that's happening on the on the acquisition and then their monitors and their recorders they have these really great um 4K recorders that are small little monitors as well as their um 1080p the HD um recorders and so it's it's a serious i mean that's it's a real deal you yeah. know so we'll see what happens you know a lot of people have tried but man, when you see something like this happen and just go on the website for Black Magic and look at their press conference and, and just listen to what they're saying, you're you're going to see that this is it's Avid has some competition now. So let's just see how everybody how everybody responds to that.
2: Mike, can I, can I ask one clarification? Sure. So are you saying that you could have video editors working on a project while, say, a dialogue editor is cutting dialogue for the same project an effects editor is doing that, and they're all doing it in real time on the same network? They can,
1: you can collaborate. They have these collaborative, these collaboration tools. And what you, from what I gathered from the press conference um, is, because I've never used it, but they're they're saying is that you can all work on the same thing at the same time. And then you can, um, if somebody like the picture changes, you can update, if you're working on audio you can you, it's not automatic you you basically ask for the update so it, it'll update cuz it'll compare the sessions and it'll update what needs to be updated it, Will this it generate
2: what, like an EDL or something if if you have to for conforming the audio against the see, new cut picture
1: I, no i think it, i think if, if you're on that same timeline i think everything conforms with cuz yeah, what, you what, what about picture. mixing hardware um, it has, they have buckets, they have these, they have similar to like what Avid does is you can buy a small system and then you, they have the desktop system, which has the keyboard and then they have mix modules that you can go. Um, one of the one that they used was what they call the 3.3. It's what they had on their uh, press conference. It's, it's the real I mean, deal. It's basically
3: I, what Avid was sort of promising was going to come, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. Right. I mean, it seems like forever ago now, but it's just an unfulfilled promise that they have has just promised and promised and promised forever and never delivered, and it was just a matter of time before somebody did it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's just interesting, you know. Like, like I said, there's been a lot of promises about, oh, the next Pro Tools killer, blah blah blah, next. But when you see it in relation to, to um the whole environment with the editing and with the color correction and the tools for collaboration. You're like, all right, let's see what happens over <laughs> with Avid, because this is some, you know, Avid's big deal is they now have a, a a free version of their nonlinear editor, of their media composer, you know, and it's but it's You know, and even in the press release, it says that, you know, it's, it's compromised. Well, you know what? If you go over to DaVinci, they have the whole thing that's not compromised, except you can't do 4K and you can't do a couple things. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's amazing. And then, oh, you want to go the pro version? It's only $300. That's, you know, that's incredible. And the amount of R and D that goes into that and the fact that they can sell it for $300, you know, that's their loss leader. You know that they're making money someplace else or. It's just make it more affordable, and they're going to sell a heck of a lot more copies oh, yeah. at three hundred dollars. So it's one of those two, but you know, more power to them, and let's just kind of see what happens down the down the road. Hmm. So uh, yeah, that sounds like a giant commercial, right, for Black Magic? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, so be on the lookout for that, and if you're uh, if you're out there and you want to get some real a real audio dot cheaply or free just go download uh, the latest version um, the 14 that's out right now is in beta so it you know it's gonna have beta characteristics It's but you know it's out there and it's available and you know what if i had to do a project and i didn't have my eye lock (laughs) i would absolutely download that (laughs) and work on it because i'm sure everybody's kind of been in that situation before where you've had to edit something and you haven't had your system and so you have to get really creative by the way i'll also say the
3: whole idea of something being in beta i mean there are some companies where I'd much rather use their beta than some other company's release version. <laughs> I mean, who on earth isn't a Pro Tools beta tester? <laughs> Seriously, every version has, you know, all these bizarre things that you end up discovering because the software is so complicated, they can't possibly find everything in advance. So if a team is great, I'd much rather be using their beta stuff if it's designed well.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right, well, I'll tell you, tell you what. We're going to take a break right now, and then when we come back, we're going to visit with Barry, and we're going to talk about a lot of really fun stuff. All right, so we'll see you on the other side.
0: You're listening to the Audio
3: Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to Audio Nowcast. And uh, before the break, we were talking about um, Avid. No, wait, we were talking about. Avic's big competitor <laughs> davinci davinci resolve 14 fairlight coming back on but um during the break i gotta tell you it was one of those times where we had this amazing conversation about pro tools and we were speculating on what pro tools should be and what pro tools could be and what what they should do with that because the fact of the matter is is they're kind of running out of time on an outdated. Um, Model, and there were some really great ideas that we were throwing around. We actually solved their problem, and which we can't remember and, exactly, any of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think Avid should get into the business of selling buggy whips, that might not be a bad idea.
1: Modern, buggy. Uh, no, but uh, you know, there was all kinds of really buggy good buggy whips stuff.
2: with a USB port on them, you know, and a renewable license, yes, uh, of course.
1: But uh, but it's really interesting. I'll tell you, it's it's nice though to to not pay a subscription. So when I canceled my Adobe. That was, that was really good because I'll be more than happy. But ready. are you paying subscription on, on your Pro Tools? No, I stopped updating because I don't want to get in the subscription. Yeah. I just, th- I know so many people who stopped updating just like, nope, we're going to stay yeah. right here. It works. Everything works. Boom. That's where I am. we That's nope. completely where I am.
4: And, and there's a discussion because a lot of the latest versions don't work.
1: So it's... That's a problem. Yeah. And I don't mind, look, I'm, it's not that I, don't, I mind paying money. Like, I will absolutely buy a Resolve 14 Pro version for 300 bucks. And then the next year, if they go to 15 and they want another $300, fine. I'll go with $300 and another $300. It's like, I have no problem. I think it's reasonable. And if they give me a good return on what I'm doing, it's great. It's fine. But don't force me to do anything and don't overvalue. Um, what you think you have. And that's what I think one thing Pro Tools. Is they think they have this golden software that they can charge all this money for. And in some ways, they're right. But in other ways, their biggest competition is earlier versions of their software, which there's no reason to, to go above and beyond. Anyway, I will get off my soapbox. <laughs> but you know,
4: With that, though, Mac isn't helping it.
1: You know, do you have a cheese grater or do you
4: have a trash can? And a lot of people... The trash or can like, was
6: a big failure for it Apple. It was. So
4: now, another reason they're not, are not upgrading, I know, look, our company, you know, I don't know how many systems, we have a couple hundred, and there's a whole broadcast department that hasn't upgraded, and they'd like to, but they're using cheese graters, and it works. That's what and, I saying. And it works well. Me too. And the problem is to get a trash can, then with an operating system, it doesn't yep. really work. It's kind of a pain in the, the butt. There. Yeah, and then...
3: Well, just How can like I spend it. a whole bunch of money to do the exact same thing I was doing before for a whole bunch less? Money? But that's
1: why you know Tim Cook came out last year and said, "Hey, we're working on a new Mac Pro." I mean, he said that in yeah. the and which is totally out of character for Apple because Apple does not let you but know. But Apple's what frustrating.
4: It is. They don't care about computers anymore. I know,
1: but it's he It's all about watches and phones. But what he did do is he, for the first time he makes this big announcement that they're working on they're going to revamp the Mac Pro. So we'll see what that looks like. But it's like.
4: interesting where you, the commercials now where Microsoft is showing artists on their giant touch screens and they that that can control color and I mean they're they're it's turning into Microsoft's becoming the artist's tool. One of my clients, uh Jorge um we did Book of Life together. He's he's one of their ad people. Yeah, <laughs> him I've and his him. wife. Yeah, and um, yeah, and the, but the show showing a lot and and Apple is no longer becoming the artist's tool.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting because as someone who carries around both a uh, Apple. Laptop and a and a Windows laptop. I still prefer the Apple laptop because
6: save your digits. iPhone eight supposedly <laughs> twelve hundred bucks. I yeah, heard.
1: seriously, well, that's crazy. That's What I heard. Well, hey, let's segue into what Barry heard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're on it here. Uh, like I said at the top of the uh, show, Barry Rudolph is uh, is an engineer. He's a writer. He does gear. Um, Reviews for a bunch of magazines, uh, you know, notably um, Mix Magazine and... Music Connection. Music Connection. Really two,
6: two magazines right now. Print is another one of those yeah. Yeah. depressed areas. Um,
1: so really quick, just tell us a little bit about um, about your background and how you got started. And, oh, okay. And some of the um, stuff that you've done.
6: Um, well, recording engineer, make records. I've been doing that since teenager, which is a long time ago. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, the writing thing came uh, total, one of those things you sort of back into. It seems like the best things happen that way. It was a friend of mine was writing a column for Music Connection called Field Test. And it was a single page, one item, get it, go through it. And he says, I don't want to do this anymore. You want to do it? Okay. So I did It doesn't pay anything. And I was writing it, and then they said, you know what? Can we have, like, two items? Can we have three items, four items on the page? So it turned into four items on the page and two pages. Now eight a month writing. So the articles get shorter and more capsule, smaller picture. So we're back to, back to three on a page, and it's called New Toys the Music Connection. So I was writing that, and George Peterson at Mix, and, um, was a fan. He had a band and music connection did a review of his band, gave him a good review. And he, he caught me at a AES show or something and says, Hey man, I really like your magazine. I said, I'd like to write for you. And he goes, okay. So (laughs) that was 97, I think 19. And so I started writing for George at mix. And so I'm up to about 222 for mix now reviews since then. So sometimes once a month, once an issue, although not so much anymore, um, As I said, print is low. So, and at that time, and and since I've had a computer, I managed to uh, post all of them to my website. So they're sort of archived there. The mix ones, I wait till they do their edit before I put it up there. But all the rest of them go up straight away. So that that's how that works.
1: Now you kind of glossed over your uh, your engineering, but oh. but you've done some pretty fun stuff. I mean, and if you go to you go to his website and look at his discography, discography, yeah, discography, yeah. you'll see some uh, pretty heavy hitters in there. And That's I, actually and I like how your,
6: the, the website started. That way was uh, I started writing stories uh, in studio stories. You know, G rated, not nothing too, not mixer man, you know, yeah, nothing, uh, just stories about people I'd work with and. And the, they were this, the the beginning of the website was what it was, the stories, these stories I would write. And they were just like this happened, and I worked with this and did this record, and this happened, and stories about people like Waylon Jennings, a very colorful character, and Leonard Skinnerd crazy uh, Southern rock band, and stories like that that calmed tell, down. Tell us unless... a
1: story about Leonard wow. Skinner.
6: Well, okay, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only worked with him for about a week. Um I had a prior commitment, I, which I should have bailed on, but I'm not that kind of a person. It was, but anyway, I was down there, and those guys are like in outside of Atlanta in, uh, in Doraville, which is northwest
5: Studio One. Yeah, yeah.
6: And so I'm. Tom Dowd told me he says, "Look, uh, I was working with Tom Dowd on Rod, with Rod Stewart in Canada, and he Rod wanted to come back to L.A. and and I think Tom felt bad. He said you know, I'm supposed to be down in Atlanta with Skinner next week and I'm I'm running over with Rod. Go down there, just hang out with them for a week and wait for me, I'll get there. You know. <laughs> so I went down there and they already had an engineer, Rodney Mills, and we're at Doraville, a place called Studio One. And I first night I'm there, I'm sitting on the bed with Ronnie Van Zant and Gary Rossington and they're telling me, they said, uh, you know, we did all this stuff at Criteria, you know, with Dowd, and we don't like it. We don't like our performance. We don't like the sound. It's crap. We want to do it over. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom just said to go down and sit with him on overdubs or something, and I call up Tom, and uh, you got to understand that Tom Dowd is the most blue sky person. I mean, I call him up, and I said, you know, uh, Houston, we have a problem. And and <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? He says, well, I said they don't like any of the stuff they recorded with you. They want to do it all over again. He goes, "Okay, go ahead, do it all over again." I got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, is more. What, which <laughs> album was it? Street Survivors. Oh. Wow. So, triple platinum, I think, something yeah. like that. It's
1: not too shabby. Not too um, shabby. I took either. four
6: songs with him on that record, and wow.
5: So it was. It was. Uh, crazy times. The uh, the way I understand what Skinner was all of their guitar solos were worked out ahead of time. They they didn't do any improvising cuz they felt they weren't good at it.
6: Um well, I can talk about like the song that smell which has this horrible edit at the beginning of it. It's a terrible edit. I called up Tom about that. I go, "What happened? uh you know, the song was like 7 or 8 minutes long and you know the the record company didn't, you know, they wanted it shorter. And they did this atrocious edit in the <laughs> beginning. And I said, and one of the things when they did the reissue, I said, look, I'll do it for free. I'll fly anywhere with the master tapes. I just want to restore that edit. I'll, you know, just I just felt like I need to make it right. And they said they couldn't find the tapes. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. man.
1: So, anyway. Yeah. I also liked on your website um, your Beach Boys story. I thought,
0: oh, yeah.
6: Because
1: it's so, like, that, that's... Another
6: a- one of those, like, I just backed into it. It was at Larrabee, and their management called up, and they were looking for a studio, and I had already done, in the morning, uh, I think a jingle, and then a, a record, and it was like 6, 7 o'clock when they called, and all, so, you know, I had a full day already, and... They said, who wants to work with the Beach Boys tonight? And no one raised their hand. (laughs) So I, okay. All right, great. They're coming in at midnight. downbeat at midnight. And, you know, all of a sudden, all this gear filled up the whole room. And and so we started about midnight. I got out of there at 10 in the morning. But, you know, hey, I worked with the Beach Boys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really quick. What I like about that story is you did all this work. It was all that pressure. But. You know, nothing really, to your knowledge, came of all that, right? No,
6: uh, it's a song called Rooftop Harry. It was just a track. Um, they came and picked up the tapes the, very, the next morning. They came and got the 16 track.
5: Was it the, the Beach Boys themselves playing, or were it was they bringing? I can
6: tell you exactly. It was, uh, so Brian came about midnight. It was Bruce Johnston, who was on the talkback so much, I couldn't get a sound on anything. It was like this, and he would go into some speech, like, continuously. And when he, and I go, and I get a drum sound. And he's back <laughs> down on it. And anyway, it says Brian played uh, piano, and he played toy piano, which sounded awesome. It's, you know, little kids. And there was four bass parts, um, upright, two upright bass parts, and I think there was a piano... And A calliope, they rented a, a little toy calliope. I don't know, maybe two octaves. It had it had circus animals painted on the side. It was a really cool <laughs> thing, man. I'd love to have some of this stuff anyway. it's a calliope, which I put through a countryman, Flanger Phaser.
5: It sounded awesome. Um, and uh, but who's playing those things? Was it the Beach Boys themselves, or was it Brian? Such- played all the keyboards, uh-huh.
6: and the uh, bass player's Luther Coffee. Um, I think a Jamaican guy, and he kind of showed up in the back of the studio, kind of came in, and and the drummer was Mike Clark from the Birds. Hmm. Wow! And so it was a it was a kind of a cool track, but no, I didn't hear any vocals. Anyway, Beach Boys.
1: That that's great. I, I got to ask you another one too because. Uh- I've never heard anybody who's worked with these people, but Sonny and Cher, you, oh, yeah. you, did, you did a lot with Early Sonny.
6: days, yeah, I was second engineer uh at Larrabee again, uh, Lenny Roberts' first engineer, and did Cher's record, you know, Half Breed, and uh, a song that was, uh, I think it was seven or eight minutes long. It was actually so long that they put part one on one side of the 45, and the other side, you flip it over, and it was called... Um, Papa wrote all the songs, or Mama sang all the songs. Papa wrote it's a huge long title, and we had like
3: (laughs) even the title wouldn't fit on one side. You're right.
6: And Sonny produced it, and you know, Sonny came (laughs) up with Phil Spector. He was Phil Spector's tambourine player and kind of valet, if you will, or gopher. And so he had that whole style down the Phil Spector. Uh, You know, telling jokes on the talkback. I had like 52 musicians crammed into two studios with a video link. Strings are in the other room with a camera on the conductor. Even back then, wow. Had all that stuff hooked up. People in the cottage hall playing. People in the bathroom playing. It's like, and Larrabee's not a big studio. Right. In both rooms. Anyway, it would take about a minute for everyone to stop playing if there was a mistake. Michelle Rubini did the arrangements because they couldn't hear, you know. Pushing the button.
0: Okay, stop.
6: <laughs> you know, it's crazy times. And Half Breed, remember all that with Hal Blaine? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a, if you get a chance, you got to go read this story that he, because uh, I won't make you say it, but the story that you wrote on your website was actually pretty funny about the doctor. <laughs>
6: doctor. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can, we can talk about okay, that. Okay, I we,
1: just didn't want to.
6: Um, Cher was singing on her record and she's the studio. She always had the lights out really Totally pitch black. She's out on the singing, and Sonny's in the control room, and uh, she's singing. She's, she says, "Oh, stop, stop, stop!" And she says to Sonny, "Sonny, call the doctor." And Sonny, Sonny's going, "Oh shit!" Because there's like several doctors, and he says, "Which one?" And she says the name, and he goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> So he has somebody call the doctor. Anyway, about a half hour later, this guy comes in with the briefcase. And he says, doctor, whatever's he's here. And she comes out. They go into the bathroom. And he sets up this elaborate light with this bright light and this whole rig. She had a zit. The doctor came in to pop the zit. What that TV show? <laughs> wow. Um,
5: wow. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's funny. How did she know
5: if she was in the dark? I That's guess she good. felt it. I yeah. guess felt it on her face. Okay,
6: they had that was a big TV show. So very self conscious. Was story. this for the the show? Uh, this was a record, but we did do some of the show, the TV show. Yeah, yeah.
1: Those are those are more fun. Now we just have CG. <laughs> yeah, now you'd go to flame and paint it out. Um, yeah, I mean, you have some, some really great stories and, and I just want to encourage people to go to your, your website to read them. And so that's why I didn't want you to gloss over because you've, you've done some really cool stuff. You work with some legends there and, and, but, um, one thing I wanted to talk about even more so than who you worked with. Um, let's talk about the reviews because oh, sure, you've done sure. a ton of gear reviews. Sure. And, sure. And I want to talk about it on a on a macro level because, as someone who's um, bought and not bought gears based on reviews, I I have some questions. And Bobby, you can chime in here too because I know you've done some writing. Um, first of all, when you do a review, um, do you, when you first started, or maybe you've always felt this way? Do you ever f- have you ever felt the weight of the review, like? This is going to have some real world consequences for people, or is it just doesn't it matter? It's just your opinion, and you're just going to send it out there.
6: Well, first of all, I only review stuff I want to that I like, so I've had to filter it right away. So if it's something I see it at a NAM show or something, and I'm looking at it, and I go, oh, This is like, nah. and so
5: that's it. So it didn't work like that for me. I was the speaker guy for EQ magazine for five years, and they would just send me stuff. Most of the time, it was reasonable, and you know, you, there are ways to write a review where you're. It's not comp- good
4: for the money. <laughs>
5: stuff like that, right? You can <laughs> that's, be. That's the fallback you know? for <laughs> yeah. the
3: price, but on a, on a desert island, <laughs> yeah. with no
4: other choice. But I
5: did have a couple where I just refused, and and I would get back with the manufacturer and say, I, I'm sorry, I just can't do this. You you wouldn't like it if I did it. Right. And so I but there's only a couple of times where that happened. And there was one time where I had a manufacturer that actually called me up and says, I hate that line. Oh well. That I hate that phrase that you used and, and just beat me up and beat me up until I changed it. And 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 they were right. It was a little harsh maybe.
1: You know, What about your reviews, Barry? I mean have you ever did you ever come into like conflict i'm sure you have with manufacturers or with
6: classic the classic one for me was years ago i i had was at a nam show in chicago they used to have them in chicago oh yeah
1: and i was i forget
6: the product uh anyway i was at their booth and i'm looking at it and the guy at the booth is giving me the real lowdown and it was – oh, it was Yamaha. It was a Yamaha product, and it was like the new – you know how they were made these, these digital processors, the SPX-90 mm-hmm. and then the SPX-90 Mark II? Yep. So I see the SPX uh, Mark II at the show, and I said, what is this? They go, oh, well, they, they added six parameters in length and then blah, blah, blah. And he says, but all it is is they just – they did a new front panel with different color, and there's a, the prom, the chip – it's just a new chip. It's the same box. He just put this new chip. And in fact, the guy told me for a hundred bucks, the dealer can buy the upgrade kit with a new front panel, put in the chip, and he can get another like three, four hundred bucks for the same unit. And he told you this. And he told me this. So I felt, as young cub reporter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. that I should report this, and I did in my in in Music Connection. And oh my God, they canceled all their advertising in the magazine. Uh, the vice president of Yamaha called me up at home and at night, and he was—you could see this red-faced, angry person on the phone, and yeah, it was—it was pretty bad. And he says, "What are you doing?" Brother? I said, "Well, your guy at the show told me all this." So that was—that was—that uh, was pretty exciting, and probably the last day <laughs> the of that guy's yeah. job at Yamaha.
2: <laughs> I've got a good—I've got a good one along those lines. Um, in about two thousand and two. I was writing the cover story for Electronic Musician Magazine, and it was a um, it was a plug-in. It was an EQ plug-in roundup, right? And so back then, I mean, there wasn't nearly as many EQ choices as there were now. There was, you know, Focusrite D2 and a bunch of other stuff like that, and um, and then the Wave stuff. And so I had a double-blind listening test in my recording studio where I took the same content, and I had, you know— Four or five people who were, you know, mostly Lucas guys whose right. opinions I really respected. And we went through and we listened to the EQ on all of these different things. And I had everybody vote and I tallied it up. And uh, at the end, of, and so I, young cub reporter, just went and uh, laid all of that stuff out in the cover story and away it went. Um, it turned out that the, the waves, FIR, their finite impulse response EQ was the one that everybody absolutely hated thought it was as unmusical as it gets and the other waves <laughs> eq i guess it was q10 at the time also fared very poorly against Focusrite right against a couple of others so needless to say waves gets a gets a a load of this stuff and they uh you know start complaining to the electronic musician <laughs> staff um you know to the editor at the time and the editor-in-chief called me and asked me about it it was steve oppenheimer and he asked me about it and uh I said, this was the double-blind test. This is how we worked it out. This is the data that we have. And he said, then we will stand behind you 100%. And that was the way that it went out.
6: Yeah, Music Connection stood behind me. The The owner and the editor, he says, well, he says, of course, it was already printed. What are they going to do? They wanted a retraction. Yamaha wanted them to, to print a retraction, wow. which is pretty... How
3: are you supposed to retract that, though? I mean, that's...
6: I don't know. They <laughs> wanted that, and they canceled, like I say, they canceled their advertising. I remember this pretty well. This is a pretty pretty uh
5: big deal uh, you just don't see that anymore that kind of i would send it out to the person some person Fact at, check. at the factory and um so i would get a pretty good idea and they would get a pretty uh, good idea of what, what was going down yeah. you know beforehand
6: i do that now i didn't we didn't do that then
1: yeah L- let me ask you a question uh if you can even answer this on the air but what was the like worst thing that you did review <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'd have to wow like um, I could say I if I get something and it's just so it's such a dog
1: yeah you don't even I just
6: kind of you know I'm going to have to decline so I just kind of politely extricate myself I out can of, tell you
5: one I, <laughs> yeah. I got a set of speakers and they were square which first of all that's kind of a no-no and they were zebra striped mm. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I don't remember the name of the company but they never came out, and it just sounded god awful. I mean, they were horrible. It was kind of like a, a big. It had like an, a ten-inch speaker in it, but like a ten-inch orotone almost. <laughs> a, <laughs> a, loud, a super loud oratone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent it back, and and they fought with me. No, no, we need this. We need this review. I said, hey, you're not going to like it, but but
1: it, you know, it was just god awful, horrible. Couldn't do it. Wow. Do you still find um, Barry when you do your reviews? Um, are you do you still have to walk that politics of of income from uh, certain manufacturers to the publication? Well, versus... everyone
6: everyone thinks the reviewers get all this stuff sent to them. And I get to keep it. I think <laughs> yeah. that's a common right. a common misconception. <clears throat> right. That... Um. Uh. It just doesn't happen. Um. Sure. Software they'll give you an NFR. Like for example, Waves. Yeah. They're the only company that gives a three-month NFR. Everyone else, it's yours. You know, I have eleven hundred plugins, oh. so um, you know I didn't buy all of them. <laughs> so a lot of them I did.
1: Some companies just don't do that. Waves is one of them. So, do you ever find like? Are negative or you say anything negative that your the you know your publication puts in a heat or anything, or are they still pretty good about that kind of stuff?
6: No. Like for example, mix. Yeah. Um, I can't see them. I
1: always hold them at higher esteem.
6: I just like I say, I just refute decline. Okay. I mean it's the it's the best way to do it in the first place. They just take a look at it. I've gotten stuff sent to me, microphones that fell apart in my hands. Yeah. I'm looking at it like this and and they go,
2: uh, I'm going to send this back, you know. And what, what's wrong with it? We'll, we'll make it good. And I go, mm. well, I have to say, Barry, you know, just to throw some props your way, I have found, you know, through my years of purchasing, um, that I always considered your reviews the gold standard. Oh, thank you. And so, you. because I trusted you. Um, because you had done so much and I had agreed with so many different things that you've done. And so a lot of the purchasing decisions that I've made, um, I did because I really trusted what you had to say. So well, I have a, a pair of uh, Neve 8816s or my mixers at home. And the, the the deciding factor for me was your review. And I still remember it. You said, how does it sound? in a word sublime and oh, that really? was yes that Whoa. was exactly what you wrote and that was that I like was that what it box. needed for, yeah. I like
6: that box. it's a little fiddly for me cuz it's only it's pretty small it's two only
2: two rack spaces yeah.
6: 16 channels and it's, yep. it's pretty you know
2: but it's, it, it's great though yeah. i have two of them and i've got the fader unit if for you, it it's fantastic uh, you know
1: it's because of you Following what you said, yeah. I actually um, agreed with one of your reviews when I was doing some research, um, and I was looking at the reviews that you did. What? what? Um, well, my favorite API piece of gear, and we're sponsored by API, is um, the 527 compressor. Sure. And and I love that, and I love the, the thrust um, circuit that they have on that. And so I... I remember when the review, I was reading the review and sure enough, you said all the points and even the pros and the cons and everything. I was just like, I just remember that. Cause I, I went, what did he say? You know, see, see now you need a YouTube channel, <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing though. How like, you know, what's really great about this whole thing and, and listening to everybody talk about reviews is, we put a lot of faith in reviewers. And the great thing about meeting you and hearing these stories is we can put a lot of faith in you. Because obviously, you know, we have a finite budget and we have a finite amount of time. And so, to be able to really trust something. Because every once in a while, you're like, can I really trust this review? I mean, a really good yeah. example is the fake um top internet providers you know those websites that give you fake reviews because they're trying to you know steer everybody to who they put as the number one um on the isp and things like that um but it's really great when you when you see gear reviews that you can really trust and you can really put a lot of faith in you know i look at amazon a
5: lot i look at the comments and usually i look at the three-star ones because they're not positive and negative, and I feel that those are a lot better than the four- and five-star ones, and also the one-star ones, which, you know, are yeah. super well, negative. Well, you're,
6: you're grabbing the, the, the not the average, the median, Yeah. sort of, there's a few negs in there, a few yeah. positives, and not the glowing, over-the-top gushing, like the best things since sex or whatever, yeah, those yeah. kind of reviews, which are obviously can't be true. Right. <laughs> and then the total negatory, uh, you know, Total, what do you call it? Troll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
4: I have to admit in the last probably year, year and a half, I've become a YouTube junkie. And because I've been buying a lot of guitar stuff and pedals. And there's probably about a dozen. What I start doing is like, oh, so-and-so is a pedal or a piece of technology or an app or a guitar. And then I, but like Pete Thorne, he's really good. Yeah. Almost too good. Because it always makes everything sound amazing. But then you go to Anderson, there's a bunch of guys in England that are doing an amazing job. But then when you start hearing the same thing they start sounding similar, Yeah. and you go, okay, you know what? I hear that, I like that, I think, and then you could sit there, and then you hear somebody in their house doing a, a god-awful one, but you can hear a little bit of tone. Hmm. So it's like if Pete does it, and then I hear 10 people, and it doesn't sound good, I might not get it. But if they all sound good,
6: I don't know how you can hear anything on YouTube if you're evaluating something for sonic quality. I don't know. I never get. I think that. it's for
4: color. I mean, not sonic yeah. quality, no, but color, yes. Okay, you're looking for a certain tonality, like I, I like. You know, not to get to diverge, but like you know, fifty-eight a fifteen PRS pickups mm-hmm. compared to a fifty-seven oh eight, and all of a sudden I closed my eyes and I didn't know what pickup it was. And I went, I don't like that one. Oh, that's fifty-seven oh eight. I just don't like it. But the 5815... There's so much... All of a sudden, I could start s- hearing... So many ears variables.
6: Just, I mean, you can ha- you can take the amp and pedal, or whatever he's going through, and completely destroy the, the intrinsic tone of a
4: pickup. Exactly. But what's interesting is, though, well that's times they try to do clean, and they go clean with a little grit, you know. But it, it, what I always found, kind of blind test, was, I don't like that. I don't know what it is. And then, oh, it's that pickup. And then, ooh, I like... I don't know what they're doing, but I like that. Oh, it's that pickup. And then, so... I don't know. I've listened to thousands of hours. <laughs> I mean, the Anderson stuff, Anderton from hey, England, Craig Anderson. Yeah, Craig. Is Craig. that who it is? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. England, the store.
6: Oh. 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 Okay. Um, he's a Craig. Oh, right, right, player. right. Sure, sure, sure.
4: No, anyway, but uh, yeah. So I, I've, I've guitared myself to the nth degree.
1: Do you let me ask you, Barry? Do you have a um, do you have a process that you go through when you get a piece of gear? Sure. Um, Um, What software or hardware? uh, Let's start with hardware. What's your process when you start with hardware?
6: Um, One of my criteria is: can I can I actually this is for both hardware and software? Can I plug it in, turn it on, and use it right away? Or do I have to, you know, or with software, do a lot of reading just to get? something happening apart from going from presets, factory presets. So to me, it's got to work kind of like like it should work. So a compressor, all right, I got threshold, ratio, attack, release. So those things work like they should? That's the first step. And then a sound. I also look inside because I do know a little bit about electronics. So I look how it's built. Hmm. A lot of times there's a lot of gear that, Looks great on the front panel, <laughs> and you look inside, and I know about components and what what stuff is, you know, and and there's a reason why some of the gear is very expensive. Uh, they're using first grade, best kind of caps, proper transformers, nice large cinemags, or you know some good stuff in there, and that's why it sounds like that. So that's one of my big things is the, with hardware is how it's built inside, how is it powered. Wall ward,
5: you know. Power supply is very underrated. You
2: know, yeah, yeah, hard extremely right important.
6: And the reason, of course, wall warts exist is because they work anywhere in the world from 100 to 250 volts, and you don't have to get uh, Underwriters Laboratory approval in this country. In other words, they're considered—you don't have a an AC voltage from the line, so they're called intrinsically safe, hmm. meaning that hmm. meaning that you could take that unit and throw it in a bucket of water, and nobody's going to get hurt if it's plugs into the wall with an IEC has a built-in power supply that's a different thing you have to get an uh, underwriter's laboratory approval yeah. unless it's a custom made thing they're only going to make 50 of them right so the wall wart solves a lot of issues especially for foreign
2: manufacturers hmm. you know so but they tend to always be cheaper than having a really solid power supply absolutely
1: so then once you get past the, the initial mm-hmm. f- in, on hardware, mm-hmm. um, then do you start digging in on on specs and do you compare the specs that the manufacturer uh, says to what you actually hear? How does I don't work?
6: do a bench test. In other words, I don't get out on audio precision and, and, you know, hook right. it up and all that. I'd love to do that. I could do that. But I but I don't think it's meaningful for most end users. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um. So the thing that I said, why do, why do I want this? Another compressor, like I had this German one, is a stereo compressor, and it had some limitations, and then I used it, and I said, God, this thing sounds really good, and it's not crazy money. It was only about $1,500. Hmm. And uh, this thing just sounds really good, and I looked inside, and I go, there's not much in here, but it sounds really good. So it's kind of like this scale where you have more than just sound and price you have you know build quality but, you have the front panel what is it doing what is it giving me that i'm not getting any other way yeah and that's kind of my criteria for plugins what does this plugin do that i can't do with another plugin or with hardware
1: i see would you like if a plugin came out and let's say it wasn't any better but it wasn't any worse would that be a negative or would that just be something that it you have would... to be really cheap <laughs> <laughs> really cheap because it already exists, then yeah.
4: You know, it's interesting when you talk about plugins, I had, I've got—I don't know—I've got—I don't have all the plugins, but probably close to all the plugins. <laughs> I got a lot of plugins. Takes a long time to get my system to boot. Yeah, um, but it is interesting. And in, in, you know, if someone said, "You know, do you need another EQ or do you need a co- another compressor?" I'm like, "Oh God, please no!" But then I'll say, you know, and I've used all of them, and I've got a lot of favorites. Uh, and then Fab Filter came in. And you just go, so what I, t- I think right now for me, quality is definitely there, and a lot of great stuff. But now I'm finding time is incredibly valuable to me. And if I could find things that are intuitive, that just make things easy. Fab filter is one of them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I could sit there and not even listen and go, oh, 500, you know, bring it back. Yeah. And you just see it. And it's it'll,
6: fam- yeah, it will show you. Yeah,
4: and you see, like uh, that's what I think about. I, I was hearing, and it's just so intuitive and fast.
6: For another, another one for me is: it does it run DSP? Because I'm trying to build my collection of of plugs that run on the chip. Because mm-hmm. I start a mix and I try to use up the DSP. First. The AX
4: ones? Yeah, yeah. They're hard to find.
6: Well, they're they're there. DMG Sonics. Right. Um, I'm i can't DSP. Right. All, all, uh, run DSP. So, if you're setting up a big music mix like I'm doing, you know, with 150 tracks of music that you're mixing, I try to use that up first. DMG's got a great uh, minimum phase uh, EQ. Hmm. You know, not doesn't get too late. There's a lot of really great new plugins. I mean, oh,
1: I mean, like new, like I love plugins that that do something. We'll that fi- we're all we're all familiar with but that does it in a new way like surfer eq was a big one surfer for me.
6: eq is awesome right. uh pitch tracking equalizer uh uh eventide fission yep awesome um i just did neutron advance yeah mm-hmm. yeah neutron advance is a really interesting uh plugin very uh popular right at first when i first you know oh this is for dummies this is like this is like engineering for dummies because right. you know what
5: it does. Right? No, it doesn't work that way. No, yeah. there's more to it. Well, yeah. Why don't
1: you explain really quick just for people
6: well, who don't Well, you, you, set, you set your criteria, your style, I think they call it. So if I, you're, if it's uh, pop or your rock, I know several of these styles. And then you say, okay, I have a vocal. So you set those two rough overview parameters and you put it on a track and it analyzes it and develops uh, all this whole chain the chain order, compressor EQ, all this stuff automatically after about, what, 10, 15 seconds of... It doesn't take long, yeah. And you can sample different parts of the song. Say the chorus vocal is much more strident and brighter and so forth. You can take that chunk, and that can be a certain fission setup, and then maybe the verse is more somber and quiet, and that can be another fission sample and you can go between them if you want. It also does this thing where it, it analyzes the uh, conflict, EQ conflict, for what they call it. Right, the buildup, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting, visually and interesting. shows you we have buildup of frequencies, and that, that becomes where you're looking at. You can look at the whole mix and figure out
1: what's colliding. Which I think, <laughs> when I read about that feature, I thought that was one of the most amazing things about it because a lot of times it's not, you know... It, well it's, our review it's almost, is out
6: now <laughs> Mix. yeah i wrote
1: one but it's it's a lot of times when you see the conflict that you can learn so much by taking away frequencies or seeing which frequencies oh, yeah. are colliding and things like that as opposed to boost 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 how to you make know? your
2: bass and kick drums speak together exactly yeah. but, but you know what it's ear
5: training only with your eyes yeah. yeah yeah
6: it's it you know i don't always agree with what it does yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I
5: sort of go, mm.
2: But it gets you in the ballpark
6: though. Yeah. Sometimes you sometimes you do want the collision. Yeah. Uh, we
2: use it for post and uh, it's fantastic for that because, you know, let's say that we're editing dialogue on a thing and, you know, there are three different lav mics and a boom and we're going between them to try to find the best piece of it because it was recorded outside and it's a mess. And if you're going along and most of it say the boom, but then you have no no choice but to use the lav or if there's an ADR piece, something like that, you can go and take a look at the frequency, uh, the, the frequency components of the piece that you are using and then you can take other pieces and it'll just get you, you know, it'll get the EQ, it'll get the compression closer to what, uh, you know, the characteristics of the other mic were. And that makes it really useful.
1: Wow. Hey, let me ask you really quick <clears throat> because we're going to have to wrap it up. And this has been just a blast having you on. Um, you've been around audio for your, your career. You started in the studio and then you've been around the gear and you've been around, um, you know, you've seen the growth of audio. Um, where do you think what excites you about where audio can go from here? What 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 kind of technology? I think, I are think
6: records are much more sound design oriented in general. Pop radio. I just did a review of the new Wormhole Synaptic plugin. Yeah. Awesome plugin right. for mix. You got uh, thing oh, yeah. is scary. I mean, every time I open that plugin, I end up spending an hour saving presets. You know, I'll put it on something. I go, wow. Okay, do that. Oh, oh, I gotta save that. Right. And they're, they're very specific. They only work on a certain moment of a so sound design.
4: And they've also Synaptics got the other reverb. I have all of
6: them. Adaptive verb.
4: Adaptive verb. That's so what a- happen- if you have all the transients like Foley and stuff? It gets rid of them, and it only sustains non-transient sounds. So you don't get that little yeah. ring out of a little all hit. the all the low hits. And you and you just like this is sick. It's also, the sick thing
6: about it really is it's pitch tracking. So the problem with long reverbs in music is if I have a a reverb with a three-second decay time and it goes over the bar line where the chord changes, "Ah!" Mm. this thing tracks the pitch. And not only that, you can make the reverb harmonize or be an octave above what it's on. Mm. So
1: sound is just going to be more designy in music? I I, uh,
6: I think in general it already is. Right. In pop and pop radio, I listen to some of these records, and I go, "Wow, yeah, that's a lot of work there." You may a, a person on the street may not know that or get that necessarily, but when you hear it, you go, "Whoa, this is something I'm listening to right now." Especially the girl records, the little diva girls, you know, the Ariana Grande and you know, those records are really well made. No, yeah. they
1: are. Any mean, of the pop stuff is is spotless. really well. Mm.
6: I mean, I like that, or what they are, you know. But they're really well made.
1: Wow, Barry, that's what a what a. I I just number one, I want to thank you for all your hard work, for all the reviews. I mean, I've I never thought I would ever meet you the person who wrote the review of like the API 527, as well as all these other ones. And uh, you've done a great job and I think you've Thanks. done a really good service. And and as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to your stories and then I'm listening to your stories, Bobby, about EQ magazine, and I'm listening to yours, Nick, about um, electronic musician magazine, that those publications that gave, they gave me my career. I learned all my craft off of those three and Keyboard Magazine was a huge one and this is back in the day where you read those magazines and you could learn so much and you, mm-hmm. with the reviews you can learn techniques from reviews you can learn all kinds of great stuff from the articles and things like that so this has been um, a blast and thank you so much for, for everything thanks for having me it's been uh, really fun hey if you have any comments or questions you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com we were going to talk about a couple other things but we just ran out of time and one of them Save was, them for next time. Yeah, one of them was talking VR, but Scott will have to do that next time. <laughs> um I want to encourage everybody to go to Barry's website, and it's uh, Um And uh, what's your favorite part of your website? Do you have one? Because I-, I tell you, the templates that you have for gear.
6: Oh, the recall sheets. Yes,
1: the mm-hmm. recall sheets. A little genius. bit antiquated. I mean... <laughs>
6: I don't know. People take pictures now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I just thought, when I saw that in there, I was like, this guy is committed. Because it's not like one or two pieces of gear. How many? How m- I, um,
6: I'd have to look at that number. It's I, up there. Thousands? Yes, I don't know. Yes, yes. Oh.
1: It's a lot of And many. again,
6: that came out of a total, uh, I got a collection from uh, what is now called East West. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a stack of these drawings, and I... uh copied them or whatever and started building a collection because I was traveling a lot and they, the studios didn't have them or they didn't have the ones I wanted or they had gear and no sheets. So I said, I can't carry <laughs> a bundle of these things. So the PDF, that was about the time the PDF was becoming really popular. So I just scanned them all and made PDFs.
1: <laughs> it's great. I when I saw that I was like, this is that was so just to look at the front panels of all these different pieces of gear and stuff, it was really great. But um yeah, so thank you. And and I like I said, I encourage everybody to go to that website and we'll put a link um on uh on the show. So we'll link straight to it. And you know it's just going to be the new library for stuff. Cause literally you've got tips and you've got, I mean all kinds of stuff. Like we could talk about it for another hour. We're not going to, but we could, um, before we go, um, let's just catch up really quick. Rob, you working on anything fun and exciting?
3: Uh, yeah, a bunch of things, uh, some that I can't talk about, but the one that I mentioned on the last podcast, I've been doing a bunch of piano performance stuff lately. And I've been doing some interpretations of, Different pieces on piano, a few different styles, and I just actually got back from Florida. I am recording some of these. Uh, I recorded some when I was there last time. I am going to go back in a few weeks, recording all of the stuff into uh, disc wow. Uh partially so we can go and fix the occasional clam, but more so that these performances can be recreated, uh, not just in a recording but replayed on a piano. Uh, Too, and we're doing a collection. Eventually, it'll be a whole album's worth of these things. Uh, that's cool, and it's really fun because it gets me back to having to play without mistakes, which is something I didn't have to worry about
1: like that's for a lot of my
3: studio stuff. It's been fun.
1: Uh, Barry, are you working on anything interesting that you want to plug or talk about? Uh,
3: I can't yeah, talk about. You know it, what? Right.
1: That's that's totally fine. <laughs> we yeah, kind of that's 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 the talk. norm here. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're you're one of us when you can't talk about something. Yeah. Uh, well. I'm teaching two days a week, and oh, I,
6: you know that already. Um, and the writing, I got a whole flock of new stuff to write about because the NAMM show starts tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. In Nashville. In Nashville.
1: Yeah. Nice. I'm not going to be there, but. But yeah. Um. What's your, the most recent review that you have out? The one on Mix
6: is out now. Just came out. Fission should be in this okay. August issue. Okay. Um, and I did one. I did Wormhole. I don't know when that's coming out. Maybe next. Both. I mean, those are plugins that definitely do things you can't do with hardware. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. Great.
2: So
1: All right. We're gonna, looking forward to reading that. Nick, how about you?
2: You know, there's there's been so many interesting things and not enough time to talk about them. So I think I'm going to just go with one, uh, which is next week is the big yearly disney fan show it's the d23 event at the anaheim convention center i know and uh i just wrote the music for a mickey mouse steamboat willie oh sweet video for it so i got to write a new rag uh basically in that style and it was it was one of the most wonderful things that i've done since being there i was so proud of it Wow, very cool just feel like you know it's total legacy stuff i just feel like you know standing on the shoulders of giants kind of thing it's pretty awe-inspiring sometimes
1: Scott, how about you? Haven't seen you in a little bit. It's good to see you too. Thanks. Yeah. I I haven't been out of my studio.
4: It's been six, seven days a week. Um, God, what are we doing? What can I talk about? Um, Guillermo talked me into doing um, the season of The Strain. Hmm. So I've been doing The Strain. Um, I've done uh, things I can't talk too much about. I did a lot of Comic-Con in the last two weeks. Stuff from Marvel um, stuff that's, yeah, stuff for, uh, legendary pictures. Wow. Uh, did stuff for that. I've got numerous VR projects that are popping around. Um, and, uh, it's, it's good. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 <laughs> it's like, when do we sleep? <laughs> um, but yeah, Hey, yeah, I'll take it, you know, but, uh, it's been kind of intense. It's been a good year and, and, uh, that's why I haven't been able to make the podcast. It's, you know, getting home at nine, 10 o'clock is a good night. You know, getting it at nine in the morning, you know, and that we have a lot of work and, 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 and especially now with VR and AR, there's such a technological component to it that you do something and something weird happens and that you're not sure why. Yeah. So now you got to spend time debugging and, um, yeah, so, um, uh, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> Bobby o, how about you? Well, same
5: old thing. Books, podcasts, online courses, all that stuff. There's always new stuff I'm working on. There's always new stuff being released. Stuff for lynda.com, uh, new book deal. Uh, so I'm doing updated versions of, I don't know.
1: Eight, 10 books I'll wow. be writing for a long That's time. That's great. You're just awesome, Bobby. I'm just going to say to be able to sit and write and to just be, and and then your podcast, you're up to what number? Uh, on 171
5: podcast? as of tomorrow.
1: Wow. 171. We're on 186. Yeah. We're going to catch up <laughs> and pass <Yeah>. us. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Um, let's see. Uh, I may or may not be working on stuff for a giant convention that maybe somebody around this table already talked about, but um, <laughs> I won't say anything more than that. Um, but also, Is that the grocery store. <laughs> <gathering>? <laughs> we're
3: all buzzing about. Uh,
1: but also, uh, I'm, uh, we're going to be set to release um, spaces. That's coming down. Oh, cool! Um, looks like it's going to be an August release for that. We're doing some stuff that's going to happen all at the same time, so it's all fun and exciting. Um, haven't shot any more episodes. Thank God. So I don't have to worry about <laughs> any more stuff. Uh, let me tell you, when you make a commitment to do something like that, and at first you think it's hey, a really great idea and you go out there and then you have to start putting it together and you're like, Oh my goodness. Cause all that stuff you shot, you know, you, you never want to fall in love with like nothing can be precious. Cause if, if you, if stuff is precious, then it's just going to just tweak you. So you just have to like, Oh man, that, that was the best shot in the world and you're like it just doesn't work. Cut it. So, learning some good stuff. But anyhow,
3: uh, go can ahead. I can I uh put out one quick call to our best sure. podcast audience? If that's okay. 7
4: Yamaha mixer. <laughs> yeah, go for half price. <laughs> yeah, no. Right.
3: Um so it's it's not a secret that for decades I did Stevie Wonder's blind software and I've done a lot of other non-visual software projects for different people, but uh, right now, I'm getting started on another one and I'm trying to find additional programming help if it's out there. So, anybody who is keyboard oriented or DAW oriented, if you know Swift or you know Apple Script, a lot of the stuff's actually in Apple Script uh, as a starting point. I would love to meet some uh, people who could maybe handle this kind of work. You don't have to worry if you haven't done the non visual part of it because that I've done for 30 years. So, I can explain that part, but I need to find some additional hands to do this i just don't have time to do all the projects i need to do in that realm and some of it is there's a lot of work we're talking about uh being able to make plugins non-visual virtual instruments non-visual daws no. non-visual so anybody from the audience who thinks they might have the skill set please uh, reach out to us and how would they do that mike
1: they can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com thank you hey uh I uh, bought the little Swift um, learning application for the iPad. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's how desperate <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, hey, really, I also want to give a shout out to Sound Brigade, um, where yeah. we do the uh, podcast. They actually, um, they're a post place, and they just uh, finished working on Tour of the Pharmacy, the Adam Sandberg um, comedy that was on HBO. They did a really great job, um, and we're going to have the- Andy. Yeah. is Andy? What did I say?
3: Adam Sandberg. Oh yeah. And it was either Adam Sandler or maybe Sandberg. Yeah, well, you, and you
1: combine them. <laughs> you kn- <laughs> That's funny. Same, same guy, two different That's generations. Right. Exactly. Two two different yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh anyway. Um but what's really cool is they had a really cool setup where they recorded the bike and they had it in their in the VO booth and it was it was really it was really cool and they did a great job on the audio. So I wanted to give them nice. Ken and Brett. I wanted to give them some props because they did a really great job. All right. So, well, for myself and all the guys, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one.
4: See ya.
3: See you, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Joanne. Ah, we
0: Thanks for listening to the
3: Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.